Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Thursday, September 12th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement is very important to Louisiana agriculture. We'll discuss that more in-depth with Andy Brown of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. USDA released its latest crop production and supply and demand forecast this morning at 11 o'clock, and those reports were very positive for the markets, especially the soybean market. One other twist in those report numbers this morning, last month's very highly criticized USDA corn and soybean forecasts were somewhat vindicated today, as those same basic forecasts are now within the much-revised trade expectations. Gary Crawford has more from Washington. Last month, the Agriculture Department took a lot of heat for its estimates for corn and soybean acreage and production being far higher on corn than the trade range of expectations lower on soybeans. In Thursday's new estimates... Our numbers didn't change all that much. But USDA's chief economist Rob Johansson told us instead... The trade range adjusted to you know what we have been saying. So I guess a lot of people have been out there looking at both corn and soybean acres and yields and uh, while we're not right smack in the middle of the trade range, on both sets of those numbers were well within the range of trade estimates. USDA has corn harvested acres, same as last month, yields down a bit, total production down 1% from August estimates to 13.8 billion bushels. Soybean acreage, no change from last month, production forecast dropping only 1% from August to 3.6 billion bushels. Johansson says both are within the revised market expectations. So... I think hopefully we see a little vindication today out there in in the news. In Washington, Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Farm groups are making a full court press this week to get the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement passed. A big rally was held outside the U.S. Capitol today asking Congress to pass the USMCA as soon as possible. House Agriculture Committee Chairman Colin Peterson of Minnesota told the crowd the agreement could come up for a vote in the House in the next month or two. I know the Speaker is working hard to build support in our caucus so that we can bring this to the floor. So I think we're on track, at least at this point. Also at the rally, former U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. To two and a half million farmers and their families. To the 43 million hardworking Americans whose jobs depend on the food and agriculture industry. And to the 320 million consumers who want choice, who want quality, who want safety, and who want uh, competition for their consuming dollars. And as we mentioned, we'll have more on the USMCA coming up later in the podcast with Andy Brown of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. The LSU Ag Center has appointed Jeff Hoy as the new resident coordinator at its sugar research station in St. Gabriel. Hoy is a plant pathologist and has been employed by the Ag Center for the past 35 years. He says in this new position, 40% of his time will be dedicated to the administration of the station, while the remainder is divided among his teaching, research, and extension duties. As of today, the controversial Waters of the U.S., or WOTUS, rule is no more. Michael Clements has more from Washington. 
The Trump administration Thursday afternoon signed a repeal of the 2015 Waters of the U.S. rule, representing a big win for farmers and ranchers, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. Don Parrish, AFBF Senior Director of Environmental Relations, says the repeal is the result of grassroots efforts by Farm Bureau members and others in agriculture. This is a huge win for Farm Bureau. It's one that has taken almost three years of this administration to do. It is one that will ultimately lead to another step being a new regulation that provides the kind of clarity that I think our members deserve, that I think the public deserves, but it also provides protections for water quality. Parrish says the new rule withdraws the 2015 WOTUS rule. What it means is we revert back to the rules that existed before 2015. The next step is to develop a rule that provides clarity and really draws a line on the landscape. On one side of the line, the waters were imported enough that the federal government should regulate. On the other side of that line, states should regulate. Parrish says the new rule should take a common sense approach to regulating water. There's a lot of things in place that are going to be protective of water quality, but we think it's going to be put into place in a commonsensical kind of fashion that allows farmers to continue to farm and improve the productivity of their land and do the kinds of things that it's going to take to pass farmland down from generation to generation. Michael Clements, Washington. That's a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always stay up to date online on our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com or voiceoflaag.com. We update that every weekday with all the latest news and happenings in our state's agricultural industry. And while you're there, subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Click the button right in the middle of the home page. Fill out your name and email address, and we'll send the latest news in Louisiana agriculture straight to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. USDA released its latest crop production and supply and demand report this morning at 11 o'clock. It turns out it's a very bullish report for the markets, especially the soybean market. Oliver Slope with Blue Line Futures in Chicago says this report is one of many factors that's supporting the bean market right now. And finally getting those gyrations in the market to move a little bit north. We've been kind of under the weather in terms of pressure over the last couple of months, and it's been pretty brutal, not just in the grain sector, but the commodities and the agricultural markets in general. We've seen the dollar continue to march higher, which has put pressure on some exports. We're seeing a reversal in the dollar, which has certainly helped propel things. Really, I think a lot of this positive momentum started a couple days ago when we got news that John Bolton would be uh, leaving the White House, and I think this is a very under-the-radar topic. He was a big hawk on trade with China, and the fact that he's stepping aside, I think, opens the door for a little bit clearer communication. Obviously, we've got today's numbers that are playing an, an impact, and weather is still a big concern here in the intermediate term. Overall price action seems friendly. We're getting some positive um, data points out, exports this morning, too. So, so some good news here. Hopefully we can continue this momentum into the weekend. We were close to a limit up day in soybeans, but not quite. November beans up 29 cents, closing at 8.95 and a half. January soybeans up 28 and a half, closing at 9.09 a bushel. Corn closed higher with December corn up seven and a quarter, 367 and a quarter. March corn up seven and a half, three seventy nine and three quarters. July wheat up four and a half, closing at four ninety six and a quarter. A higher close in rough rice, November rice up eight and a half cents, twelve eighteen a hundredweight. 
January rice up eight cents, twelve thirty-two and a half. November sugar down five points, twenty-five sixty. We had a sharply higher close in the cotton market today. With a closer look, here's Don Molino. The World Agriculture Supply Demand Estimates were released on Thursday. The 2019-20 U.S. cotton estimates include lower beginning stocks, production, exports, and consumption, while ending stocks are unchanged. Beginning stocks have reduced 400,000 bales this month, reflecting 2018-19 reported ending stocks data. Production was lowered 654,000 bales to 21.9 million, largely due to a decline for the Southwest, where consumption has lowered 100,000 bales, reflecting recent activity. Exports are projected 700,000 bales lower due to reduced U.S. production and a lower projected U.S. share of world trade. The 2019-20 season average price for Upland cotton is now forecast at 58 cents a pound. That's down two cents from last month. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. At the Red River Livestock Auction, Cachata, Louisiana this week, two to 300-pound steers brought $1.10 to $1.75 a pound. Three to four weight steers, a dollar to a dollar seventy-five. Four to five weight steers range from a dollar a pound to a dollar fifty-seven. Five to six weight steers brought a dollar nine to a dollar thirty-one. With six to seven weight steers bringing a dollar seven to a dollar twenty-seven a pound. Cows range from a low of a hundred dollars to a high of twelve fifty a head. Cow calf pairs brought six fifty to twelve fifty a pair. Cattle futures closed higher. October live cattle up 22 cents, 98.72. October feeder cattle up 47, closing at 134.50. Farm groups are putting the pressure on Congress this week to pass the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. So what is the agreement and what does it mean for Louisiana agriculture? We'll ask Andy Brown. He's National Affairs Coordinator for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. As the old saying goes, close only counts in horseshoes. So why take the chance with weather information when it comes to critical decisions with your fields? It's time to experience pinpoint field-level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN Ag Weather Station. With this level of information, you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. Head to DTN.com today to learn more. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture Podcast. Farm groups are making a big push this week in an effort to get Congress to approve the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. In fact, some are getting very creative about it. You may have seen this viral video on the Internet put out by the Missouri Farm Bureau set to the tune of the old YMCA song. We need to pass the U.S.M.C.A. We would ship more beans, we would sell more cornmeal, we would even sell more steel. 
And now to talk more about the USMCA, we're checking in with Andy Brown. He is the National Affairs Coordinator for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. How you doing today, Andy? Doing well, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Glad to do it. I know that you are making a big push this week for the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement. And we're seeing a lot of this this week with Congress back in session. Well, let's talk about the USMCA. First, let's take a step back in case some of our listeners aren't familiar with what this is. What exactly is the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement? Well, the uh, unofficial title has been deemed NAFTA 2.0 because this is just a reiteration of a longstanding agreement between Canada and Mexico and the United States that's been very successful, uh, but has some areas that needed uh, cleaning up and uh, bringing into modern times as far as sharing technology and other other shortfalls that NAFTA had. And uh, this administration and uh, our trade negotiators have found ways to improve NAFTA and have uh, changed the name. I don't think President Trump cares for uh, NAFTA 2.0 because uh, his administration sees it as a, a new deal, a better deal, and, and we agree, and, and we hope to, to see it get passed sooner rather than later. Of course, this is a three-country deal. How has the response been from both Mexico and Canada? Have they been approving of the New Deal? They have. Um, both um, leaders of those countries, along with President Trump, uh, signed the agreement in good faith, but all three countries have different ways of ratifying that those agreements with their respective Congress or uh, their governing bodies. But uh, all those uh, countries went through a long process of multiple negotiations in different locations and uh, through meetings and negotiations they've they've come to an agreement but now we just have to fine-tune those things in Congress and and move it along for uh, official signature is there somewhat of a holdup here in the United States why hasn't this been approved yet so far there has um, and it's it's really coming down to bringing it to the, the floor for a vote. Um, it, like a lot of things in Washington, D.C. at this time, um, it's it's a chess match of politics and um, not wanting to let one side of the aisle have what would be viewed as a victory versus the other and things like that. Uh, when you get down to the actual details of what is holding it up, it's, it's relatively um, minute, but there's uh, some delegation. There's some uh, caucuses that have certain things dealing with labor provisions or sharing of information, uh, enforcement of some of the the policies in this trade agreement, all things that are um, tedious in nature, but they feel very important and has prohibited uh, this bill from coming to the floor. So um, if, if they bring it to the floor, it would be voted on as it stands today. Uh, but both party leadership uh, are working together to try to to get those things cleaned up so it can come out, out before the House of Representatives. Well, Andy, why is the USCMCA important to agriculture? What is the motivating push behind trying to get this passed? Well, like I said previously, this is a, a new generation of a very, very important agreement that's been 
successful through the years. Uh, when this was passed back in the early 90s, uh, the original NAFTA um, was ultra successful, but by passing USMCA, that would increase exports uh, for U.S. farm products by over $2 billion. And so that that in the times that we're in, in the farm economy, I know you've had other people on this podcast, you know, hint at the, the times that we're in and the struggles that are out there, not just in Louisiana, but across the nation. And to have a a foundational agreement like this with your closest neighbors, your biggest trading partners, uh, we feel is vitally important. Uh, Louisiana, for example, uh, has trades about three and a half billion dollars to Canada and over nine billion dollars to Mexico in 2018. So when you start talking multiple billions of dollars in trade uh, with one state, you can see how vitally important that would be to the entire nation. And that that's not just for agriculture. There's other very important products to Louisiana, the Louisiana economy, uh, like uh, petroleum, chemicals, oil and gas, all those rely on open trade with these neighboring countries as well. So it, it really is our most important trade agreement uh, for a lot of different products, just geographically and also economically. Andy, if some of our listeners want to get involved to help this process along, what would you recommend that they do? So, as you know, Carrie, we're a grassroots organization. And and I will say this isn't Louisiana Farm Bureau necessarily leading the charge. We're, we're falling in line with our, um, our national organization, American Farm Bureau. And then really our sister organizations are all rallying today uh, on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to to gain support for uh, ratification of this agreement. And so uh, you kind of have two two options, uh, or really we would ask that you would consider both options. American Farm Bureau has a an action alert system that you can sign up for on their website, uh, farmbureau.org, or we plan to here at Louisiana Farm Bureau use our voter voice system, um, which is an email system that makes it really, really easy for the Farm Bureau member or the, the farming public to make their voice heard. And what that will do is send notice to uh, their congressmen and senators and let them know that their constituents support this and ask for uh, some action to be taken to ratify this important agreement. So you can sign up for either of those. If, if they don't want to use our words, they're certainly more than welcome to call or email or tweet or whatever they do towards their, their representatives. But uh, we want to keep the, the pressure on because we, we feel like it's an important time in the next 30 days or so to try and get movement on this bill. Andy Brown, he's National Affairs Coordinator for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Thanks a lot, Andy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kerry. That wraps up this Thursday edition of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We'll be back to wrap up the week tomorrow. In the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. 
For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.